Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of We Want to Talk About It Now. Big shout out, as always, to the queen, Julie Gibson, for continuing to be our one subscriber, the only person who's left a review besides myself, and to continue to shower us with her love. Thanks, Julie, for listening. You're going to love today's podcast. We're going to be talking about drumming. I know that you've seen uh, some of my shows and that I've had different, I've performed with different drummers in the past. I myself have tried to learn how to, how to play drums uh, on various occasions. Did not do very well. I'll just, I'll just put it like that. But I have someone who is a phenomenal drummer. Maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic there, but from what I've seen on tempoleague.com, which is the website that he has created for drum lessons, significant, he knows way more than I know. I have uh, my good buddy Barrett on, and I, we just like to, to go over a few questions just to kind of let you all know why he is an expert. I don't know if expert, I don't want to put too much pressure on you. I don't want to put too <laughs> much pressure. Okay. I, I, his credentials as to why he might know what he's talking about. Um, my first question is how long you've been drumming. So I got my first drum set in 2004. And uh, I did not take any lessons at all until February of 2015. So there was a long time where I just was, uh, you know, listening to my favorite, my favorite songs and favorite bands and trying to copy what I heard. And that's something I want to talk about today, actually, is the difference that I've seen and felt in the years that I've been taking lessons in the, in the progress versus sort of that long period of just figuring stuff out. But well, yeah, yeah that's 10 years. So mm-hmm. 10 years going hard, trying to figure it out on your own, and then about three years now of taking lessons. Yeah. Well, well, where do you get the nerve then? You've been taking lessons for three years, and now you think you can give that lessons. I'm, I'm the man, what's, yeah. what's that about? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for those 10 years, so 2004 until, yeah, 2015, I mean, it was kind of on and off, but I got a kit, and I, like I said, I got basic coordination down and I wanted to play all the rock beats and and uh, the stuff that I heard my favorite bands playing and then come 2015 because I already had a really good foundation and I could play a lot of different grooves and things because you can figure out quite a bit without any types of training especially with the internet uh, YouTube uh, you know you got to be careful what you're consuming but there you can learn quite a bit without uh, formal formal lessons but Come 2015, I actually stumbled across Bill Bachman. Um, he's got a site called drumworkout.com. And uh, I think $20 a month is what I paid. And he's like a world-class marching band guy. And in like a month, I after taking his um, some of his courses online, I started to like realize how important it is to unlock your hands. What I mean by that is that if you don't have lessons and you don't learn rebound strokes and free strokes and then take that and, and learn how to start using your fingers and to play really soft and, and uh, well, I won't say, when I say play really soft, what I, okay, to use your hands and learn rudiments, use your fingers. <laughs> well, what's funny to me is you've already lost me. Like you're like, you're saying all, you're saying all of these, you're saying all of these words and I'm just like. Rudiment. All right. Yeah, that's... We got to scratch a, that. That's a thing. We got to scratch that. Can we scratch that? <laughs> I'm going to leave it in. Leave no, it you got to scratch that. Uh, you shouldn't have said it. You <laughs> shouldn't have said it, Bert. Here, let me, let me back up. When I started taking Bill Bachman's courses, I realized how important it is to have hand technique. And the, the things that I learned from his courses were how to have really soft hands. I think before, and a lot of drummers that don't have any technique or training, they maybe will be gripping the stick super hard and they're not utilizing maybe their fingers. And you can't see what I'm doing here, but if you, if you pinch the stick between your thumb and your um, pointer finger and you hold it just between those two fingers, you've got three more fingers that are kind of just sitting there. And what taking some lessons and understanding those hand mechanics does is it allows you to, to start using those fingers to play the stick. Okay. And then you open up a whole bunch of new doors as well. When you start learning some rudiments, uh, you know, I don't know how familiar your listeners are going to be with drums, but there's just a couple to name to name here. Paradiddles, which is going, 
right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. Okay, when you start getting those mechanics down, single stroke rolls, which is right, left, right, left, right, left. Uh, flams, you can look up what that is. But the point is you start learning these things and it's your vocabulary. And then when you get on a drum set, instead of just pulling out this groove that you learned and memorized, I'm gonna play this rock groove or this samba groove that I learned and memorized. You literally, you have vocabulary that you can start forming your own sentences and, and paragraphs and, and stories with. Do you mean like, oh, I'm going to rudiment to a ricky-ticky-tavy to a, I don't, yeah, I, I don't remember yeah, any yeah, of the words. Yeah, you, Is you that sit, what you mean by forming a story? Yeah, yeah. So you, you sit down and, because like, okay, if you learn a foreign language, I learned German for a while uh, in high school. And if you learn a foreign language, you can learn sentences and phrases that you can just regurgitate. Right? Gotcha. Uh, I learned like, I'm going to go to school on the bus. Okay, fine. But if I were to speak to a German person and I like whipped that out and then they started speaking back to me, I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. And I wouldn't be able to form sentences and actually think. So if you think about drumming that same way, for those first 10 years, I was learning and memorizing different grooves that I heard. Uh, and I was kind of regurgitating that. And I was sort of improvising a little bit. But in unlocking my hands from Bill Bachman's extreme hands makeover or whatever uh drumworkout.com but we're he not calls here it, to promote him we're here he calls it the you. extreme hands makeover i just gotta t you know that's what respect that's what where respect is due um and so that started unlocking my hands and i started realizing oh so like i can play way more of this difficult stuff that i used to shy away from i'd hear these drummers playing some some different chops uh, different, I mean, we use the, the phrase chops or licks, just like drum breakdowns and, and parts that sound really, really cool that I wanted to imitate. It's like a riff and a guitar. Yeah, but I was like, I can't play that. Like, uh, the 10 years that I didn't take lessons, I'd be like, I can play this, this, and this, but that thing right there, it's too fast. I have no idea what he's doing. When you start understanding these hand mechanics that I kind of butchered talking about earlier, but it's hard to put into words, but you start understanding some of these basic hand mechanics and rudiments and getting this vocabulary, this foundation, then you're like, oh, I know what he's doing. It's still going to take me two years to learn how to play like that, but I understand what he's doing and I can break that down and I can go further. So yeah, when it comes to teaching lessons in three years, so 2015 till now, you can make a lot of progress, it turns out. Uh, and I have since actually started taking some private lessons. It's only been about three months of private lessons, but online, there's so much good stuff. And one part of this, one part that I want to point out here is some of the resources I use. So Bill Bachman, I already talked about him. Tommy Igo actually has some really great stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go too much further in case you want to talk about this later or whatever. But these are the, th this is what I was saying. Online, there's a lot of resources. You got to be careful because there's people who have no idea what they're talking about. People who really know what they're talking about. I feel like I can help people understand how to cut right to the chase, pick the stuff that's going to get you results and progress in three to six months. And, uh, and that's kind of like why I'm doing my site. And TempoLeague.com, you mentioned, it's not totally ready yet or whatever, but the whole idea is me being able to say, hey guys, this is stuff I know works because I used to have no training at all. And then I jumped online and I picked through sort of some good stuff, some crappy stuff, and here's what I recommend you do. And with TempoLeague.com, you have a ton of free videos that have a bunch of lessons. And most of those lessons are things like in my, I was trying to play drums for like three months, I would say. In those three months, I learned nothing compared to what I learned just watching five minutes of, of your videos. Do you consider yourself to be, I think you kind of explained it with, the, with what you just said, do you consider yourself to be not necessarily the authority, but an authority? And where, where do you think you could get beginners? Yeah, so I want to clarify the videos that you're talking about are free right now because the site is not get completely there. done Get yet. there, everybody. So, I mean, for everybody listening right now, if you go to Tempo League and you go to the login section, for right now, it's, you know, it's free. That's all going to be gated content. You're going to have to pay for it in a, in a bit. But uh, yeah, basically what I do in, in that course is I walk through two parts. Number one, it's called Better Hands. And what I walk through, number one, is different motions that you're going to need for, to, to unlock your drumming, right? So we go through, uh, I, I, I talk about free strokes with you, rebound strokes. Literally all that is, if you're bouncing a basketball up and down, you are throwing the ball down, letting it hit the, hit the ground and come back to you. With drumming... One of the most like basic things that was a revelation for me was this free stroke, which is really like starting with the stick point straight up, like at the ceiling, 
and then throwing the stick down at the drum and literally letting the stick bead hit the drum and bounce back to you. A lot of what not people pull do, it back. not pulling back because what you want to do um, just by instinct is just like throw the stick into the drum and Hammer. smack it. And then that shock will go from the stick up the stick into your arm. And that's not, that's not drumming smart. You want to let the stick do that work. And then when you have that figured out, then you can make the choice. If you want to smack that drum and, and for effect or whatever, okay, fine. But like learn what you're doing and do that by choice, not because you have no idea what's happening. Anyway, so that's like the free stroke. And we walk through a lot of those foundational things. And then the second part is rudiments. And I show you on a drum pad how to do certain rudiments. And then I go onto my kit and I show you, here's how you should apply this rudiment on the kit. So it's n by, by no means is it like a comprehensive drum course that by the end you're going to be an amazing drummer. That's stupid, right? There's, you have to learn from a lot of different places. But it, I, I'm telling you this. Because I drummed for a long time with no um, direction, no technique, and since 2015, I really consumed a lot of different stuff. Bill Bachman, like I said, Drumeo. Orlando drummer. There's a ton of different stuff that I feel like I've been able to synthesize. I can take a beginner, get your hands in shape, point you to some other really, really great, reliable resources that you can then continue on learning and help you understand, do you like Latin? Do you like jazz? Do you like rock? Do you like uh, gospel? Whatever it is, I can show you what those different um, styles sound like and feel like, and I can get you down a path that's going to, like I said, kind of cut to the chase. Get you playing drums the way you want to play them. And I think a lot of times it's like you start off and you're like, I don't even know which questions, questions to ask. Like I've done the Google searches and YouTube searches over these years and I know what things are like called <laughs> and, and d different groups. Like uh, the beginning of, beginning of Toto's song, um, Rosanna. Oh. Rosanna. All, Africa's <laughs> also good. But there's that groove at the beginning that's actually been dubbed the Rosanna Shuffle. And when I first heard that, um, like the deca da deca da deca da you're not going to get that. But listen to the song, Rosanna, <laughs> the Rosanna Shuffle. Um, it's such an interesting groove. And for someone who has like no technical training, you're like, I don't even know what is going on there. But coming to Tempo League and whatever, I, I don't want to uh, push. That's not what this is about. But that's what I feel like I can do. Even though I, I have only been taking formal lessons for a short amount of time, you can make big progress. And that's what I want to help people understand. Well, and it's, it seems like an insane commitment to me, drumming has uh i've the drum set that i was practicing on was lent to me because this person no longer had space in their living area to set up a drum set or whatnot i was still living at home so there was tons of space there and so i was able to rat-a-tat-tat whatever yeah. you want to say on it how for all those beginners that are listening yeah how, how do you kind of explain that like should they get the full kit figure that out if they want it or should they just start off with uh, the drum pad dude uh everyone's gonna be different and if you're in like an apartment and you you know thin walls and you cannot have a full kit i wouldn't let that stop you like right now i'm in a basement apartment and my landlords won't let me have a kit in my basement um so what i luckily uh, my parents are 10 minutes away and they're gracious enough to let me keep a kit there. I've offered, I've said, hey dad, I'll move this thing to a, a climate controlled storage shed. There's one <laughs> pretty close by and you know, I'll just keep them there and I'll pay monthly. And he's like, why? We like you coming by. So that's really awesome. Not everybody has <laughs> we know, that luxury. We know if we get rid of the drums, we'll never see uh, you yeah. again. Um, but like, so that's really awesome for me. But if you don't have that, um, something I'm doing right now at my apartment is there's this drum pad that has a a really great feel. It's actually called a real feel drum pad by Evans. R-E-A-L space F-E-E-L, real feel. And it's got this rubber top that feels really, really great. And so what I've got is a 12 inch one of those and I use that as my snare. And then I'm right now I'm buying, there's like six inch ones that are like 20 bucks a piece and I'm buying like four of those. And so I'll have, and I'll just set them up on cymbal stands. So you will have to pay a little bit of money or maybe you could just mount them on tabletops or whatever. And honestly, you could get some coordination going just with that. If you don't have the means to even buy a bunch of drum pads like that, buy one drum pad and just start working on rudiments. Like do it on a pillow, whatever. Like don't let the lack of a full like five piece drum set or whatever stop you from 
kind of um, learning to, to drum, get coordination. There's a bunch of drummers that talk about starting on like pots and pans and stuff. So like if you love it, you're going to start. So somewhere. I feel like that is, apart from cost, I feel like that is the big, it's so easy to just have like an acoustic guitar or whatever. Like yeah. you move it around super easy. A lot of people just can't, one, afford or two, have the space or the appropriate living standards in order to have uh, have a full kit. Because I know the reason, a huge reason that my band ended up stopping was because they lived in a house all this time when we were when we were drumming or playing music and everything. And then once they moved to an apartment, it was just like yeah. about that. And then we just we just stopped yeah. ultimately. And do you think it's worth it? Do you think like the cost? Is, I mean, obviously you've invested fifteen almost years in yeah. this. Why should people want to want to even look into this? Because I think there's a lot of untapped potential in in human beings. There's a lot of stuff that we don't do simply because of cost, time, whatever it may be, that we could be really good at, but we just don't want to do it because I don't have the money. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like if somebody out there is feeling that itch to drum, like they watch videos and of bands playing and instead of looking at the front man like the guitarist or whatever they 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 always gravitate to the drummer in the back and they're just like ooh like that fill or that groove is so is so like smooth and I just love that if you're feeling that I don't think anything's going to stop you like if you're not feeling that then yeah you probably will be deterred by everything we've been naming price or lack of space or um, the you know the lack of ability to actually play a loud freaking instrument like drums. But if you love it so much, I mean, I just don't think you're going to be deterred by that. You're just going to figure out a way. And if having a full drum set's down the road, fine. But or you'll just go like go to Guitar Center and play their electronic kit for an hour until you get kicked out. Whatever. I don't know. You'll figure out a way. My my one thing to everybody out there, if you are considering any sort of like being a musician or whatnot, I'll tell you what, there's more of a sh- shortage of the drummers. Uh, you can find bassists easy. You can find guitarists super easy. Diamonds in the rough are the drummers. Actually, and then especially finding talented drummers, even more difficult to find. I feel like I have been fairly lucky with, with drummers that I have drummed with, but this kind of goes back to our band was always about energy, live energy and everything that we would do. What, what's your, what's your thought on that? What's the, what's the, what's, what sort of ratios should people be finding between the technical, which you, you teach and have been learning and then showing off that energy? Because I'll be honest, I'd say most of the people I've drummed with pure energy guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just say the technical is important so that you don't hurt yourself. Um, we talked about, you know, smacking. You can legitimately hurt yourself. Oh yeah. Phil Collins, uh, the, um, Genesis drummer. And you know, Phil Collins, of course, but like he, he, his doctors told him that he couldn't drum anymore. Cause like the way he'd been sitting on the throne for years and like the, his snare was like super low. And so like he really jacked up his body and this isn't just me saying this, go watch videos about it. I believe it's happened. But the point is. Um, and, and the way that you hit the drum, if you're absorbing that shock up your arm every single hit and you're playing for years on end with tons of energy, but you're not playing with any technique at all, you could really hurt yourself. So, but, but I don't want to, it's not like mutually exclusive, like you have to pick technique or you have to pick energy. That's not it. Like learn some techniques so that you can play till you're 80 years old and then play with all the energy you've got. I love it. I love drums that play with lots of energy. Um, my friend Brennan Lethbridge, who I was in a band with in high school, he played for Desert Noises, a local band in Provo, and they moved to um, Nashville. But that dude had so much energy. He had a ton of technique, too. I mean, he was very proficient and took lessons for a long time. He knew what he was doing. But that's not what people cared about. At shows, people were like, dude, that kid is going nuts. And, and he had energy. as I watched him, though, it, was like, it was like energy funneled in the right ways. It wasn't just like flailing. It's like he knew what he was doing, plus the energy is more powerful in my opinion. But like, whatever. It's just, at the end of the day, if you're having fun drumming, great. Just don't hurt yourself, right? Another question that I have about, for me, I was wondering if I just had a lack of coordination or lack of rhythm thing. Yeah. Is that fairly easy to, to like, or are you just like, are people, are there some people that are just like, 
naturally rhythmic. And then there are people that are not. So it's just like, yeah, sorry. Like, Dude, I, I know you're... God a, did not smile upon you. Well, I know you're a Foo Fighters fan. Yeah. So Taylor Hawkins, he has... There's a story he tells um, where he wanted to be a guitarist because he wanted to be up front. But he went over to his neighbor's house or something and his neighbor had a drum set. And he's like, hey, man, sit down at the drums. And he sat down and he's like, usually when people sit down at the drums for the first time, they play this really... Um, out of time, like, you know, kind of like stuttery. He's like, I sat down and I just started playing like a four, four rock. group, like, he's like, it was just there. It was just there. And my friend immediately was like, you're a drummer. And I was like, I'm a drummer. Now I wouldn't say that you have to sit down at a drum set and immediately know. I would say that there's different levels of ability just from the get go. And people that, yeah, just, just feel rhythm more naturally. And people that don't, if you can't feel it more naturally, it just means you're probably just going to have to work harder. doesn't mean you can't join the club. Like, you can still drum. It's going to be harder. It's not an exclusive drum club that no, you have to get like, a card to. Go for it. You know, maybe you'll, you'll burn out and hate it, uh, and it's not your thing, and that's fine. But, you know, I think that there are people that just kind of feel it and get it. Any opinion on, you know, because Taylor Hawkins sounds like self-taught, if I had to guess. He just kind of started doing it. Any opinion on that? Dude, Taylor Hawkins sounds like... He's been trained to me. I don't. I don't know. Can you can you see like when like you watch him? Do you see like the technicality? Absolutely correct. Yeah, that guy. That guy uh, has plenty of technique going on. Like, uh, and it's just hard to explain. But yeah, like his the way he flows between the different surfaces, right? Um, and just like the levels. So it, when you're drumming, you don't want everything to be the same volume. So his hand over here, his right hand over here on the ride is playing uh, like something something on the ride, playing a pattern on the ride, and he has full control over it. A ride it. is a type of symbol. Yeah, a ride's a big, a big symbol, uh, usually 21, 22 inches, whatever. But uh, he'll be playing something there, and then his hi-hat foot's doing something else, but he has complete control over the volumes of those two things. And then, you know, his kick-snare pattern or whatever's going on, he's got a lot of, of style, a lot of feeling in that. Um, so, I mean, I would be very surprised if he never took lessons. Um, and if he didn't take lessons, I think the story is usually you get tips from somebody on sort of the base that I'm talking about with hand technique. And then you can kind of take it. The, the beauty is when you learn some hand technique, foot, hand and foot technique, then these days you can watch YouTube and you can slow stuff down to half speed and you can really start figuring stuff out. But you got to get that, that sort of training at the beginning, you know, to, to really unlock it. So I would be very surprised to hear that he had, he never had any, any lessons or training. He's, he's technically proficient for sure. So I guess I guess I, I see what you say where like maybe he got some tips here or there. So I guess the question would have been better phrased like is it necessary to I th you answered this though. You, you ultimately you want to be able to unlock that untapped potential yeah. and the way to do that is getting those technical things down first. And then perhaps if you are just naturally talented from those those tips and tricks that you have it becomes Easy. Yeah, yeah, you're just gonna open up a whole um, world of do you think possibilities. Do you think you'll learn faster though? Like your proficiency is like the, the difference is exponential. Like Absolutely. oh, someone who doesn't have the technical, it's just gonna take. They might be able to get there, but it's gonna take them a while. Dude, that's why since 2004, like from 2004 to 2015, I I didn't get really any better. I got a little tighter when I was playing with a band in high school. I li listen like. I wasn't horrible at the drums. I played in a band. We made a record or whatever, and I think I was I was decent. But when it comes to playing more interesting grooves around the kit, I I didn't have that. And the learn or the um, improvements you're gonna make are exponential if you can unlock some of this technique stuff. Definitely. That's why I, for ten years, like I say, I didn't really progress. You just sparked my excitement a little bit with saying when you did the record. I have recorded before with drummers, it is the worst experience did in the world. Are you saying that you recorded live, like the whole band live, or did they lay down the drum track first? Trying to lay down the it? drum track first. Oh, trying to multi-track it, yeah. To, a, to just like a click? What, what's yeah? What's, what, what's your opinion on hard, that? It's super hard, man. <laughs> That's like an art form in and of itself. You probably were playing with drummers that hadn't really done it that much. Correct. Like yeah, uh, so Every single drummer that I recorded... That's Except for one, every single drummer that I recorded with, it was their first time recording. Then, then that's not surprising at all. That's it's it's like an art form in and of itself. You gotta 
you got to learn how to do it. And the way you do that is just lots of recording sessions. And Did it take you a while to like finally so, get there? Here's what's funny about this. Uh, we jammed as a band. So I was in a band called Shake and Echo in high school. If you were, it's a good name. The, it's a the, good band name. Thanks, I came up with it. It's a good one. If you were in the Provo music scene in 2009, you might have seen us playing with Return to Sender, and we played with Rooney in Salt Lake when Avalon was still a venue, and we played with Kalai. Those are our two clans. <laughs> to uh, most people don't even know who Ro- Rooney is, I feel like. But uh, anyway, um, we played in a band, and what we're, oh, recording. Okay, so. I really hadn't done much recording other than, you know, I had record. I've always been interested in recording since I was like 13. So I'd record myself or whatever. Maybe I gained more experience recording myself than I realized. When it came time to record the Shake and Echo album, we recorded it ourselves on my, my, so on my parents' first floor of their house. Like my parents were gone for the weekend and because they're... Best time to record. Yeah, because their um, kitchen area has a nice like loft, like vaulted ceiling. Um, and they were gone for the whole weekend. We moved the drums up to the first floor there in the living room. Nice vaulted ceiling. We recorded every track um, in one day. And it was myself and another kid who played drums. We kind of switched off during the set. But um, we laid it all down that day. And I listened back to that record now. And I can hear some problems, some some r- r- uh, rhythmic or tempo problems or whatever. But for the most part, I feel like we, we nailed it. Um, and I don't, again, I think we just played for, together for so long before recording that record. It was like a year and a half of like shows all the time and jamming after school. Cause back then in high school, we didn't have any responsibilities really. And we could just jam every day. So we were pretty tight. And when we recorded the record, I feel like I, I was all right. We just put on a click. And uh, if I remember right, my little brother would play guitar in the band and he, for some of the songs, um, would actually, we plugged in the guitar and ran my headphones through the amp so that I could hear the click and him playing along. So I knew where I was, because we had these weird like six minute songs in like seven, eight time signatures that were really like progressive, alternative, and it was, it was kind of hard. So I guess in the end, I'd say that we, we were okay, even though I hadn't had a ton of experience. Because I had recorded myself in the past, there was a little bit of experience there. And we'd played together for so long. And maybe some people will be like, you didn't play for it together for that long, year and a half, two years, but it was, it, you know, it was enough. This will be record, or this is going to be released after another episode that we did called How to Start a Band. Would you give, I don't want to, I think that's a horrible way to phrase the question. <laughs> give, give the drummer some time to figure that out or just give up on it? Because I know that I was more predisposed to giving up on doing the click track. It's just like, you're just going to play with us. We're going to record it and all play it together. And then we'll come back in and fill everything. Here's up. what I'd recommend you do. You have your drummer lay down the track, right? And then you have someone take him out for, for lunch, uh, go hang out with him for a day and then have a studio drummer come in <laughs> and lay down the real drum track. And, uh, and then he comes back in. The you song sound is like finished. Dave He's Grohl, like, yo, dude. That's awesome. I don't remember pulling that fill out. And you're like, no, you did, man. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I don't Dave know. Dave Grohl like, did that with, the, with like the first two Foo Fighters, or the second oh, really? Foo Fighter album. He just came in and redid all of the drum tracks for, <laughs> for the guy that had done yeah, it. Yeah, like, But this. he could tell. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, Taylor Hawkins. No, it was not It was a different Hawkins. guy. It was the yeah. original drummer. Um, that's when you know, yeah. Uh, anyway, so if, like, if your drummer's having a really hard time recording, and I don't know, like... If you guys are just doing it for fun and you're okay and you can just record it together and you're okay with the final product, fine. But if he just can't get it, you're probably going to have to have someone else record it in all honesty. Like, <laughs> that's just how it is. If you're paying for studio time that and was you can't get it, that's, that's really annoying. That's really frustrating, right? You guys should probably rehearse more, you know, like <laughs> get him more prepared before he goes into the studio. The first time that we recorded, this would have been when I was 18, 19, it was three brothers and then myself were in the band. And the father of those three brothers supplemented the cost. Oh, okay. And so part of me was like, well, I'm not paying for this, so whatever. And then another part of me was like, man, he is paying a lot of money and we are not getting anywhere on this. Yeah. Like, and we're, I think we're still, I think we're paying by the hour at that time. And we later moved on to paying by the song instead, which I think was the right choice for our, for our team. Yeah. But man, the patience that you have to have for the for the drummer in recording, uh, it's it's a difficult thing. But drums at the same time are 
one of the most important, if not the most I mean, important it's the thing. Found, it's the backbone. It's the foundation. So it's super important. I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, your drummer just sounds like he didn't have a ton of experience. And, and well, I, he, he learned playing rock band. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy how many of my drummers just started off playing rock band because it was just popular at that time. 2008, 2007-ish time. Yeah. And maybe we did just need to rehearse more. We rehearsed a lot, but maybe we just needed to do more. Well, the it thing more. is, too, when you start recording, you turn into like, have you seen the, um, that thing you do? Yes. Um, like Jimmy? Sketch. Well, oh. He's like, the first time they play in Pittsburgh or whatever, he's like, I felt like one of those wind-up toys. And I swear, every time you hit record, it's like suddenly your hands are all sweaty and you're like, uh, It's a different type I of performance. Like, I don't remember how to play any of this. Yeah. So like, it, like I said, it's its own art form. It takes time. So if it's his first time recording, I'm not surprised. We've been talking a lot about uh, different drummers, and since I feel like I don't know a whole lot about drumming, the technicality of it, if it's okay with you, I'd like to name a couple of my faves. Yes. Name a couple of my faves. Tell me if they're technically proficient or not. Okay. We've already talked about Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And you said yes. Technically proficient. Absolutely. Well, I have a feeling that all of these are like technically proficient. Maybe. Air quotes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dave Grohl, drummer okay. for Nirvana. Okay, so D- Dave Grohl, you talk about energy, like Raw. amazing, amazing watching that dude. So fun like, to watch him play. Yeah, and uh, there, uh, there's a video I saw pretty recently. He's like taking someone around his house and showing. I can't remember who it is, but uh, go on YouTube and find it. He even says himself that he's like, I've got Taylor Hawkins, who's like comes from a much more technical place than I ever did. So my impression of Dave Grohl is that. I mean, he's, he knows what he's doing. I don't think he's hurting himself. But as far as like technical drumming, no. He, he, he doesn't drum as much anymore. But Sure, but even right now when you see him drum, he's got a ton of energy and he knows what he's doing. But when it comes to like, I, I'm just going to throw out some terms like, look up like linear grooves and gospel chops and, and look up like the Benny Grab and, and Tony Roysters of the world. These are other drummers. Probably do that in incognito, you'll that last see, one. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. These guys are nuts on the kit. And that's not Dave Grohl and that's okay. The guy... It, like like we've been saying, has so much energy, but when, from a technical standpoint, no, it's he's not he's not really that guy, you know. Blink one eighty two, Travis Barker. Oh, absolutely, yeah? so much. Yeah, I think he took a lot of like marching band stuff. That guy, he's got a lot of snare tricks and like the stuff he's doing with his sticks, that doesn't just happen. Okay, that's a lot of training and practice, and he's super duper technically proficient. The reason that I really like him is he's one of those drummers where I notice like he knows what he's doing. This, like you said, the stuff that he does on snares uh, is unreal, and I yeah. love it. Like, and, and oh, that makes sense. That it goes back to the marching band thing. He's yeah, probably go going hard on the. What I was trying sense. to say at the beginning that I just kind of got the wires crossed or whatever is when you see Travis Barker playing. Before I had any training, I'd look at that and it was essentially a, ma- a magic show. I was like, I have no idea. Even if I slowed this down, I would have no idea how he's doing any of this. But after you get a technical foundation, you're like. Oh, he's using a double stroke on his right hand, and then he goes like paradiddle, and then he's doing some flams, whatever. I still can't play that for another five years because I'm gonna need to build up my chops, but I can see what he's doing. And that's what I'm that's what I'm describing. You're like, oh. Okay, so it's you you need to become crap, I can't think of the word bilingual. That's not it though. Um you need to become when you can speak another language. Oh, well, that's bilingual. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what if it's three? Well, trilingual. Um, fluent. Fluent, yeah, fluent. You need to become fluent. You learn to speak language. Well, what rudiments, I said it's the alphabet, right? I mean, the language is a great parallel. It really is. You, you got to learn the ABCs. That's your rudiments. And then you see those things applied all over the drum set. It's not like after you learn rudiments, you're suddenly going to sit down and be an amazing drummer. No, you still have a long road ahead of learning how to switch surfaces like playing from your snare over to one of your toms those are different surfaces like that's a whole thing learning how to do that but you know how to use your hands correctly to, have, to you know free up those hands and those fingers to play and you know what's going on so you can um like you can make those exponential increases you don't just learn one beat and call it a day you're like oh i want to keep expanding and i know how those guys are doing it i it's going to take a long time to to get there but i can keep progressing because I understand what's going on. I don't know if you had time to, to look at this or not. Uh, were you able to look at Brad Wilk from Rage Against the uh-huh. Machine? Yeah. Technical? So, um, not from what I saw really, again, I'm not really familiar with Brad Wilk. 
Obviously, I've listened to Rage Against the Machine. Um, but what I saw, I actually saw a video of Brad Wilk playing with the Foo Fighters. Oh, <laughs> really? Playing. Yeah, they were playing Van Halen's song, Ain't Talking About Love. Taylor Hawkins was singing. And Dave Grohl was, was there playing, of course. And they and brought Brad well. Wilk. I got Brad look Wilk up. was playing. And, you know, again, a lot of good energy. It, he was on, um, his rhythm was great. I mean, he was on point, whatever. But just the proficiency, I, I, I don't know. Like, he didn't look, he didn't like, look like he was doing anything crazy. So I'm not sure. They were the band that I would try and play the most to. Like, so I'd have the headset on, listening yeah. to, the, to the music, and I would just try to replicate, uh, replicate what he was doing i probably didn't do it very well but i loved trying to play with them yeah it was so fun yeah um, as opposed to like other people like i love the foo fighters but i much preferred trying to play with rage and i don't know why um my last one because people talk about this mofo all the time <laughs> neil pert so good he is okay. he's so good i've seen rush twice and uh neil pert is fantastic but he's he's gotten some flack some criticism from certain drummers saying he's almost too on on the beat like he's like almost robotic with how precise he is and he i've seen videos of him admitting like he he practiced to metronomes and click tracks so frequently he got so good at staying right on that beat that it was almost too precise and so you'll see some drummers that it's just like some jazz stuff where there's there's swing in it and it's just like a little bit more messy in a good way and people have been like, ah, Neil Peart, like, I just don't get the same vibe or feel. But don't get me wrong, he is an amazing drummer. He's great. And he, he has said he's tried to work on getting away from the click because he felt that in himself almost, like too Robotronic. But, I mean, great, great drummer. Who's the best drummer ever? Oh, gosh, there's too many. And I don't even, like, not even... I'll just throw out some names. I mean, like, not even by... Because I... How about... I'll, actually, I'll throw you a bone. What about by genre? Dude, is that so easier? the most influential rock drummer ever is John Bonham, Led Zeppelin's drummer John Bonham, uh, in jazz buddy uh, Buddy Rich. Like everyone always talks about Buddy Rich, and he, he's really foundational. The dude played super duper fast. I think he's um, no anyway. I won't whatever. He, he's really good. He's he's amazing. In rock, John Bonham. Everyone always talks about how influential John Bonham was. Not only his playing, but his sound. Like. There's videos and blog posts all over the place. Like, how to get the snare crack, the same snare crack, the same snare sound that John Bonham got. And uh, so, so rock, that's, that's what I'd say. Um, just a bunch of other names that like I really like and that I f- feel like are amazing drummers. Um, I already said Tony Royster Jr. That guy plays with Jay-Z. I think he still plays what, with Jay-Z. What does he, what's his, so is his genre hip-hop? So he plays with Jay-Z, and yeah, it's hip-hop, but if you listen to him, like, a good term for it is gospel, uh, church drumming, linear grooves is another way, but you'll see these guys play these really quick grooves and fills that, when I say linear, it's these patterns where um, the you're playing strokes that do not overlap, so it's like, snare snare kick kick tom snare kick snare kick and like you play that super guys like and you're like that sounds crazy. i'm trying to do it the best i can over over the mic but it's you're like, never hitting at the same time anything. yeah like because you're playing a groove you have your hi-hat like it's like right so that's like you're playing your hi-hat and you're playing the kick and the snare over the hat and that's that's cool but linear grooves like google it and you'll see what i'm talking about tony rister jr plays all these crazy linear grooves that for drummers it's just like mouth-watering it's like ah. Oh, it's so fun and, and so crazy. And so Tony Royster's awesome. Benny Greb, this German drummer, is really creative and, and really awesome. Um, but some other names, um, just like classic, I'm trying to think. Like jazz, Elvin Jones is another really classic jazz drummer. Um, there's, I don't know, on the spot I, I start to blank. But we could go on and on. Vinny Cayuda. Uh, he's, he's awesome. Um, so I don't know. We could go on for what, a long time. What about like pop? I mean, uh, I think Tony Royster is a good example of that. John Bonham. What are some of like the pop? When I say pop, I just mean in pop culture bands that live in pop culture. Who are some of those good drummers? Like Travis Barker, Travis Barker. Yeah. Um, so gosh, you know, I, I would say some of the drummers that I like from, so when it comes to drummers in large touring bands, you name the band. They're going to have a good drummer. 
that's how it is. Because like you said already, um, the drums, that's the backbone, right? That is your, your um, this keeping time, making sure the groove's tight. So even if the drummer's playing something incredibly simple, they're a great drummer. Death Cab for Cutie is a good example of this, okay? Uh, love Death Cab for Cutie. And the grooves in Death Cab for Cutie songs are not mind-blowing, but they're interesting and they're intricate, and they are so right on. And the drummer's name is Jason McGurr. He's one of my favorites. But he would, he's not somebody that, I think if you just listen to a Death Cab for Cutie album, unless you're into drums, you'd be like, oh, those drums are so awesome. But for, for me as a drummer, I do listen to it, and I'm like, oh, man, he's in a band where he is not able to probably play as technically as he would as he'd like to or, or he's able to but he still finds way he finds ways to work in different cool shops here and there uh and so yeah I, I guess what i'm saying is that all the bands that you love and uh any of us would want to go see chances are their drummer is amazing and the stuff that their drummer's playing up on that stage isn't even close to what they're able to play adele's drummer i watched the video that dude's insane but his grooves when he's playing Adele songs are f- like four on the floor, straight like four, four groove, like very simple grooves. But that's the point. They want to get a drummer who knows what they're doing. And it's not all about these crazy chops. Those are fun for drummers. When it comes to the music, the musicality, that's what's most important is the drummer. Make sure that you're keeping that time and that you're infusing feeling into the music. And that's what's actually important. That's what people are going to pay you money for. A band just came to mind as you were talking about, like all these drummers are going to be good. Yeah, I, I just want to offer some advice to to f- people who are frontmen that might be listening to this or standing musicians, as I call them. Don't don't think that you're all that or anything like that, because I know that I had a really difficult time, especially like I was like we we're talking about, like with the recording thing when we would be recording, it was like dude, we have practiced this so much. What the F are you doing? I'm thinking of Third Eye Blind. I'm thinking of Stephen Jenkins, yeah. who has been just a total, just constantly changing up his his rotation and everything. And I really feel like that band has suffered because he made it about himself and not about just musical cohesion and trying yeah. to figure that out. It was all it was all an ego thing. I, I would just want to offer that out to the to the masses. Not to think that you're some great thing because of one thing that you did once with this collection of people that you got rid of. Yeah. Third Eye Blind's first album is awesome. And then you go and destroy all of this and you think like you were the the shiz, basically. Yeah. Really quick, uh with Third Eye Blind, that actually proves my point. Um can't remember his name right now. His name's first name's Brad, their drummer. And he's been with them since that first record, Heart since Semi Charmed Live. Yeah, dude, he's way good. But Third Eye Blind songs are really simple. They're all four four, pretty much four four time signature, like just easy listening pop music. But dude, I feel like an idiot. This actually might be an example of why drummers are so important. Third Eye Blind might be because he stayed because he's, he's he's the only one that I mean, hasn't. They been. could find another guy. I think they're really tight. But the the point is that like he he's a really good drummer. Like he knows, he totally knows what he's doing and you might or might, you may or may not get that vibe listening to him. If you don't know drums at all, you'd probably just like, whatever. As a drummer, I listen to him like, yeah, he's, he knows what he's doing, but it's not incredibly technical. I just have such a profound respect for drums because I haven't been able to do it. I definitely haven't put the time into it necessary or tried to learn the the technical side of things to be able to get good at it. But that's sort of why I wanted to talk about it because it's really fun. Even yeah. like when I even when I sucked at it, I love just doing the the like with uh with yeah, and yeah, playing with people. Awesome. It just feels cool to be like oh, I can kind of play a second instrument, and I don't want people to not try something because of it's like you said. Yes, people like you're gonna be if if you're super motivated to do it, price isn't gonna be a thing, space isn't gonna be a thing, but. For those of you who are who aren't like super into it, who are just like sort of like sitting on the fence or whatnot, don't don't not try it because of those reasons either. It's yeah. it's something that you're going to love doing. And I feel like everyone's going to have different goals. If your goal is just to learn some some grooves, learn some drum beats, and have fun playing those beats, great. You you know like you don't have to spend a lot of time practicing all the technical. Learn enough to where you're not gonna you know, you got to learn some stretches or whatever. So you don't just sit down at the kit and 
uh, sprain a wrist or end up with tendonitis, like you don't want that. But if your goal is just to learn some drum beats, yeah, you could do that pretty easily. If your goal is to push it um, to become like an amazing accomplished jazz drummer that's getting gigs all the time, that's a different thing, right? So everyone's just going to have different goals. But yeah, like, drums are for everyone. Barrett, do you feel like you're like you're so passionate about drums that you kind of, or maybe I should phrase this question differently. Do you think in the learning process, the history of drums is important in that process? Or is it just one of those things like, let's just look at the, this person who's teaching, like, like let's just go to tempoleague.com and see what Barrett's teaching us. Or do you recommend like, learn about all yeah. these different styles, all the, like how ultimately the evolution of how we got here? I think that would go back to what are your goals? So if your goals are just to learn a couple drum beats and have fun, you're probably not going to care at all about where does the songo come from? Or Brazilian drumming and sambas and bossa novas and like, okay, you might not care about that and that's fine, whatever. But if you're, if you're really feeling that fire ignite and you want to learn everything you can about drums, you're probably going to naturally gravitate to want to understand that kind of stuff and go deeper. Now, as I say that, I do feel pretty passionate about drums. But I don't. I can't sit here and rattle off the history of like uh, where everything or, originated. Or, or, yeah, and yeah. like so, Fred Armisen's uh, stand-up for drummers that you actually told me about, which is really interesting and, and fun. He has a segment in that stand-up sketch where he has like six drum kits lined out, and he talks through the brief history of drum sets, and that was really interesting for me. Like in the early twenties, he talks about the hi hat was actually called a low boy. And it wasn't up to the level that we have it now where it's like it's like at your shoulder or whatever where you can play it with your hand. The low boy was just that. It was low on the ground and you could only manipulate it with your foot and that was it. But I think the, like, the name was really cool and like the sound <laughs> that it made was, was pretty unique. And so that was really interesting getting that, um, that sort of look at, at the quick history. I haven't gone back and studied the, the history of drums to the nth degree, but I... I do feel a desire to understand where different grooves come from um, and sort of like some, some stuff like that. But yeah, Is I'm not Fred Armisen a good drummer. Dude. I mean, I haven't really studied him super deep after that. Um, after that comedy. Like, sketch, could you not tell just from like his little, well, yeah. Lesson? So, uh, so after his stand up thing, um, I went and looked him up and I could tell he, he does have technique. He knows what he's doing. He absolutely does. Um, I thought it was really funny how he just like made fun of jazz and uh, made fun of different genres. And parts of that is really true. And I know he's a comedian, right? So he's going to do that. But he is, he knows what he's doing. He definitely does. I mean, he's not the, the best drummer ever, but so what? Um, he definitely has technique. And so, Barrett, with all this knowledge that you have, why, why did you even start TempoLeague.com? What made you yeah. want to do this? Yeah, I was actually doing a podcast of my own where I'd talk to producers about their songs and breaking down their songs. And I really liked it, but... I wanted to have a pastime that I could put energy and time into that would also be another source of income. <gasps> I said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> to make uh, money. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Wait, I was talking about... are you saying about, podcasts can't make money? Hey, no, no, no. Oh, I'm not oh, saying oh, that. Oh, no. I'm not saying that. I made that. a huge mistake. I'm saying you got to stick with it. And I was just like, you know what? I like talking to these producers about how they make their songs. I'd rather spend my time making songs. <laughs> so, uh, but, but with drumming, like I can make videos and I'm doing the thing I love. I'm drumming. So... Um, I guess what I'm saying is I wanted to put together the site because yeah, there's a lot of sites out there already and they're good sites. I feel like my unique angle is number one, I do not sit there and just talk. A lot of the YouTube videos you pull up, it'll be like this. It'll start and be like, Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks so much for joining in. Uh, just want to let you know about some stuff coming up this week. D dude, like for me, I came to your video cause I want to learn how to do this Carter Beaufort or Buford, however you say it, uh, drum, drum lick. And he's, he's Dave Matthews drummer, whatever. Like I wanted to learn how to do this like triple paradiddle thing. And you're sitting here talking about stuff that I don't care about. So what I do on Temple League is I jump right into it and I just start telling you, okay, here's how we're doing this. Um, and then the second thing is because I did not take lessons for so long, I can help you quickly navigate the crap that's online, the good stuff that's online and learn way faster than if you just try to like fumble through all of it yourself. So are you planning on like creating a catalog for people? I haven't gone too deep into the site, so I don't know if that already yeah, exists, so, but like a catalog, like this is good to, stuff to look at. Yeah. So right now the paid stuff, which again is free for right now, um, <laughs> it is just that course. But then after the course is all complete, all of my YouTube videos, all my free content, 
is going to be really good free content. It's going to be good stuff. But my point is going to be like, hey, I'm going to show you how to do this groove. I'm going to show you exactly how to do this. Now, there's certain hand motions that you need for this groove that take time to learn. And if you want to know how to do those, I have a, a, a course that's really reasonably priced that you can go check out. And I walk you through exactly the stuff that I found really useful to learn that hand technique. So here's the groove. Here's what you, here's what you got to know. If you already know how to do these hand motions, great. You can play it. If you don't, go check out this course. And uh, I'll help you through and, and you'll be able to learn the stuff you need to know to, to play this. Is there any sort of interaction that you will do with people as well as far as like Skype lessons or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's guys who do that. Do you think that. that's necessary? I mean, you think what, what's necessary? Do you think it's Skype necessary person? to have like one-on-one -on -one time in order to figure stuff out? Or? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so this is a really good question. So... Because I said that you can learn a lot online, and I'm a product of that. I have learned a ton online. I only started taking private lessons with an instructor like two months ago, right? Um, I would say this. With today's landscape, d digital landscape, YouTube, all that stuff, there you can learn so much. When I was just starting drums in 2004, like uh, there was nowhere near the amount of awesome information there is about drums. Now... Private lessons, if you do want to get to, uh, quote unquote, the next level, I mean playing gigs and maybe possibly making money playing drums, private instructors are going to help you read music. They're going to help you understand drum notation. Private instructors are going to be able to help you with tiny little things that you might not notice if you're watching online. Like uh, They'll be like, oh, your elbow's up a little high here. What you want to do is bring it down closer to your side. Like Just tiny little tweaks that you would not notice. So I would definitely recommend taking some private lessons if you want to get to sort of this, this next level that we're talking about, making some money, right? If you don't, if literally all you want to do is learn some, some beats and play along with songs, dude, you do not need private lessons. You can just learn it online these days. I'm serious. And uh, even drum notation, you can, you can watch some YouTube videos on that and figure it out. An instructor's awesome to get you a practice regimen, to again, to show you like, hey, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, and yeah, to keep you motivated. But it just depends on your goals. Um, it probably and it probably depends on the person as well. Because I was thinking like, there might be people who, in order to learn quicker, they might need that personal sure. touch. And then other people, I know plenty of people who've gotten extremely talented just learning things off the internet. Not even just drumming, but like in other ways. I feel like though, I feel like the people though that might. Um, not be able to learn online and they need an instructor, they might not be motivated enough anyway, even if they had an instructor. Like I used to take piano and I, my heart wasn't in it. So the, I had an instructor, I had a teacher and she'd come over, we'd learn a piece or she'd give me a piece to practice. The whole week would go by, I wouldn't practice. She'd come back. It was awkward because I didn't have anything learned from the last time we met. So like if you're, if you're not motivated enough to get online and watch the videos that you're paying for to like get better at your hand technique with a teacher uh maybe I, i'm not saying it, it won't work for you but maybe you'll be just as unmotivated <laughs> as you were before uh so yeah it could be if you're if you're not finding that online's working for you give private lessons a shot uh but i just feel like if you're if you're into it enough you're gonna not be hindered by lack of like a private instructor jump online there's so much good stuff drumio.com man so much there you said something, and I think I want to end with this question. I asked you why drumming, but something that you you just said about piano, your heart wasn't in it. Yeah. What does that mean to you with drumming? What What makes your heart into drumming? Yeah. Like, why do what, I love drumming? How, how do you get that euphoria? Yeah, I know. I, I was. Um, I must have been like eleven or twelve, and I remember driving in the car with my dad, and the Cars song "Just What I Needed" came on. And I remember thinking, like, I really want to play the drums. Like, there was something about that track that, like, ignited something inside me. Like, that, I just want to play drums. And so whatever it is, that was there. And I just love the feeling. You know, like... It was a specific moment? Like, there was a specific moment where it just, like, kicked I you in the face? I think there's a lot of stuff that led up to But I do remember that moment. I remember being in Vegas at a casino, and there's this dude playing an electronic drum set. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's really cool. And my cousin had a drum set, and I'd kind of, like, bang on a little bit. But I remember... That day, driving with my dad, the car is just what I needed came on. And I think after I was like, can I get a drum set? Like that, that happened. Um, and then now what makes me love drums? I think it's just like, 
Um, you know, in, in basketball, when you shoot a shot and it's nothing but net, that like that sound of the net, it's just like really satisfying. Or like in baseball, when when the catch, like the pitcher throws like a 97 mile an hour fastball, batter swings, misses, and it just boom, thud in the catcher's mitt. There's something like really pleasing, satisfying about that. Puts a little like grin on your face. Maybe your listeners are like, this kid's really crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. But there's something so satisfying about watching a drummer who's got that flow, that feeling. And as they play this groove, just like super smooth and, and sweet, I just want to like try that on my own kit. And there's an awesome feeling that comes from just like being in that pocket and, and playing these grooves and just feel, it's just so fun, right? It's just enjoyable. My drum instructor was actually saying like, dude, you should block out 15 to 20 minutes of every drum practice just to play something really fun to remind yourself that you, the reason you're doing this is because you love music and this is fun. Because when you start uh, studying drums and get into the technicalities, it can get like, man, this is really tough. I'm practicing stuff that I suck at. And it's really like pushing the limits. But just remember, you love doing this. This is fun. Play the stuff that makes you smile. That is just like, oh man, I'm grooving. So I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah. All right, I lied. This might be my last question. But this is probably, this might be hard actually. What's your one go-to? What's your go-to song? You're just like, I want to play that. Like, oh, playing this again? Sounds good. Doesn't bother me at yeah. all. Um, oh, gosh. I don't know that I have like a go-to song. Lately, I've been practicing. Um, so I mentioned the Rosanna Shuffle. That groove, like I feel like I play it decently, but I feel like you can always get better and better. Jeff Percaro is the drummer on that track. And I just, I always pop that thing on and try to play along with the, the Rosanna Shuffle. Um, and that's been cool. And lately what I do is I'll just jump on Spotify and play a track and I want to be a versatile drummer. So anything that, that pops on, I want to just try to play along with. And, and I've been getting better and better. And it's like, it's encouraging when you can throw on a song and you're like, Ooh, yeah, I'm grooving to this. And I've never actually like, like played to this. Right. But I don't know, I guess to answer your actual question, yeah, the Rosanna shuffle, I always go back to that and, um, just different electronic tracks. Cause it's really fun to do like four on the floor stuff. And and kind of like an intricate, like hi-hat stuff. And yeah. Do you have any last minute things that you'd want to say to anyone out there who's considering learning drums? Any yeah. Um, advice? Man, I would just say learn the technical foundation that I was talking about. Try to get that sooner than later if you're feeling like you're running into a ceiling or running into a wall with drums. Like... If I had had that back in 2004, I know that I'd be at an even crazier place right now. I, I mean, I have so much to learn, but I, the last three years have been that exponential growth that you described, and I have so much more fun with drums than I did. And it's because learn some hand technique, learn how to use your fingers, learn some foot technique. Jojo Mayer's got a great DVD called Secret Weapons of the Modern Drummer. Check that out. Uh, he goes through a lot of hand technique stuff. I, like I'm saying, Tempo League... Bill Bachman's thing, Jojo Mayer, Tommy Igo's um, Groove Essentials. Dude, get check all of that out. It's not going to break the bank. That stuff's actually all pretty affordable. Look at these different sources and see, I already mentioned D-R-U-M-E-O, drumeo.com, and Orlando Drummer is great too. Look at these different sources and see what you can glean from these different places. And that'll make you a more well-rounded drummer. But those are some, some really great places to start. Get that technical foundation and you'll be able to unlock so much more um, like possibility. And you'll have a lot more fun with your, with your drumming. Well, thank you very much, Barrett, for all of that information. Once again, that's TempoLeague.com. If you want to check it out while it's free, before it starts to cost. But Yeah, and, and I mean, it's still like under construction. So if you go to the free lessons part of the site... Nothing's clickable yet. Just keep that in mind. Still building it out, but yeah. It's either way. It's now. free content. If anyone's, if anyone's complaining about it, screw you. Yeah, go <laughs> go to the login section. There's a ton there, so it's free for now. Well, thanks everybody for visiting today. The next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope that you'll give it a listen.
Feel free to like, comment, and continue the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you are feeling especially generous, leave us a review on iTunes. We prefer five stars, but value the truth more. We plan on keeping this free to listeners forever, because we love you. Thanks for listening, and let's keep being better. Who, who uses that anymore? I hate that. I, I think it makes me sound stupid. I have no idea what you're talking about. Cool. Do you want me to stop it?